0: From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. Corporate influence in politics is not a new phenomenon, and tracking just how much their interests affect policies is challenging. Recently, Rolling Stone reported on one little-known group that advised presidential candidate and now president Donald Trump. Called the Trump Leadership Council, it dates back to the summer before the 2016 election, and according to the magazine, consists of corporate leaders from many of the country's biggest industries, energy, energy, finance, pharmaceuticals, defense, the list goes on. And it appears this council has had tremendous success in getting what it wants from the Trump administration. Well, thanks to the reporting by Andy Kroll, the D.C. Bureau Chief for Rolling Stone, we now know a lot more about this group and the people behind it. And he joins me now. Andy, good morning. Good morning. So how did the Trump Leadership Council come to be?
1: In the spring of 2016, as Donald Trump was making this incredible rise in the polls and winning primaries, a group of corporate leaders, especially in the energy sector, started coming together and putting this council together of leaders across these various sectors that you describe, thinking that once Donald Trump was the nominee, he was going to need the support of corporate America, he was gonna need advisors, he was gonna need the business community behind him to defeat Hillary Clinton. And so, led by Harold Hamm, an oil and gas billionaire in Oklahoma City, This council came together and met for the first time in early June at Trump Tower to help shape Donald Trump's
0: campaign. You write that members of the council weren't really mainstream corporate leaders. What did you mean by that? You won't find executives for blue-chip Fortune
1: 500 corporations like ExxonMobil on this list. What you see a lot more of are independent oil and gas companies, privately held transportation corporations companies where the executives had the latitude to take what they rightly saw as a risk by throwing their name and their support behind then-candidate Donald Trump, who, again, was not the first choice of the business community and was still seen as a sort of renegade agent of chaos in the presidential race at that point.
0: Corporate influence, though, is found on both sides of the aisle. How was this different? Well, it was not entirely unheard of for a corporate advisory
1: board like this to come together. In fact, some of the same companies and individuals represented on this Trump Leadership Council also advised the Hillary Clinton campaign at the time. What was different was that to these special interests, the corporate leaders, Donald Trump was a blank canvas. He brought these leaders together and essentially said, what should I be doing? What kinds of policies do you want to see? What do you think the Obama administration is doing wrong? How can I help you? And again, that's not totally unheard of for a presidential candidate or a presidential nominee. But for Trump, he really didn't have a policy platform. He was looking to fill in his policy platform. He was looking directly to these industries, to these corporate leaders that he would, if elected president, would regulate, would oversee – for advice and for direction. And that is not something you see with a typical presidential candidate.
0: You know, and the Trump administration has been very active about repealing regulations that were passed during the Obama administration. How much of that agenda do you think actually came from this group? That was the number one piece of advice
1: the members of the Trump Leadership Council gave to then-candidate Trump and continued to advise him even after he was elected. Everyone I talked to for this story, without exception, said that the number one complaint with the Obama administration was that they were strangling the oil and gas industry or transportation or agriculture with regulation. And that if Trump could do one thing, it would be to cut away these regulations. And that is the thing he has prioritized from day one
0: as president. And, and so what have been some of the real world consequences of what people on this council wanted and the effect that it's having in American society?
1: Yeah, You can go down the list of industries that were represented on this Trump Leadership Council. So take the banking and finance sector. Their big ask was these post-crash financial regulations, largely the Dodd-Frank law, are strangling our business. They're onerous. We want you to trim away at them. And President Trump and his administration have done just that. The oil and gas sector said the EPA is out of control President Obama's clean power plan, which was going to scale back and really phase out the use of coal-fired power plants in this country, was an overreach or a criminal act even, according to some coal executives. That needed to be rescinded. In terms of manufacturing, there were some steel leaders who were on this council who said that the United States had been bullied and bowled over by China. And that China was unfair using predatory practices and that if elected, President Trump should get aggressive with the use of tariffs and with the use of other mechanisms to go at China and try to bring them to the negotiating table. And all of these things have come to fruition uh, in the first two and a half years of this presidency.
0: So what did Harold Hamm, the the person who helped pull this council together, what has the White House said in response to your reporting? The
1: White House didn't want to comment for the story. Harold Hamm also did not respond to comments for the story. I talked to a number of people who knew Harold Hamm. The picture they painted for me was of a really influential and successful business leader with his oil and gas company, and again, a pioneer in extracting oil and gas out of the ground. And Ham threw his weight behind Trump early on in the campaign, earlier than most corporate leaders, and has had the president's ear through the campaign, through the presidency, was even considered for secretary of energy, but didn't end up taking the role. Is the group still active, and if it is, what role does it play now? So the Trump Leadership Council itself is not still active. It faded away, as so many of these corporate advisory boards do, once the candidate wins the election and becomes the president. Now, some of the corporate leaders who are involved kind of spun it off into an American Leadership Council, which is business leaders putting pressure on elected officials to help pass President Trump's agenda, and essentially building the support on the other part of Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington to get the president's agenda through. And also, a number of individuals involved with the Trump Leadership Council are in the administration itself. Tom Price, the former congressman, was the first health and human services secretary. He was on the council. And then you have the case of Dr. Mark Esper. He was an executive at Raytheon, a defense company who went into the administration first as secretary of the army and is now the acting secretary of defense. So these council members are on the inside
0: shaping the actual policy itself. Andy Kroll is the D.C. Bureau Chief for Rolling Stone. His recent article is The Shadow Cabinet, How a Group of Powerful Business Leaders Drove Trump's Agenda. Andy, thank you very much. My pleasure. I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC.